customs, and classic cars and trucks. Street Rod and Custom Radio is your inside track to today's automotive hobby. Now, here's your host, Dan Boots Longinette. You're tuned in to Street Rod and Custom Radio. I'm your host, Dan Boots Longinette, Ryan Baker, and the Carp Bowl. The Carp Bowl. We've changed it up this year. Yeah, week. fishy sounds too sweet. Okay. Carp Bowl. Usually fishy doesn't associate with sweet. I think of fishy, those little fishy treats you fish. Like Swedish fish. Swedish fish. Yeah. Here, little kids. I want some fishies. Anyway, <laughs> great show today. We got some great guests coming up. We got Will Beatty. Will Beatty is AKA Mr. Clutch. And hopefully, do you like shifting gears on cars, Ryan? My first car ever was oh. a stick shift, and I actually do like it. And I think. I can't talk on a cell phone and shift I and understand. do it. I think that's what I was going to say next. I think you pay more attention when you have a stick shift. Yeah. I think you're a better driver when you have a stick shift. You know, we've said this before in the show. You can only teach if you if you love someone, don't try to teach them how to drive a stick because you can scream at those you love. I've taught people how to drive a stick that I hardly mm-hmm. know, but my a kid or a relative or a girlfriend, you try to teach them how to drive your stick shift. You're like, oh my goodness, quit it! I think we've talked about this before, but you uh, know what my dad did? He bought the car that was going to be my car, uh-huh. and there's a main drag through the town that I grew up in. Yeah. Took me out on it. Said, Wait, you, you, you're out with a guy dressed in drag. What? The main drag oh, in the town. Oh. We grew, you know, <laughs> he took me out there, and he said, all right, go. Well, you did it. <laughs> and I did it. The funny thing is, though, the car was an 84 Volvo. Ooh. And it had a four-speed transmission. And I could never get it into third. It's so hard to get into third gear for some a Volvo. But... So, yeah, uh, but you could drive a monster truck over it. You could, uh, remember that commercial? They got busted. Yeah, I don't know if you know that. They put a roll I cage. Don't know this. They put a roll cage in a Volvo wagon and had like Bigfoot or one of the big trucks go over top and couldn't crush it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you saw the commercial, you could clearly see the roll cage. Volvo <laughs> got all kind of stuff over that. Well, I'll tell you this: I did get in an accident in that car once, and it was just like bumper cars. It was a very tank. safe. Yeah, the big square. Was it a wagon? The boot? No, it wasn't a wagon. It was a four-door. Was it like a gray. V70 or F7? What do they call it? I don't, I don't remember know. this thing. I don't even know. They were all gray. I, those cars were just... How could, how could your first car be a Volvo, but mine was? My first car was a Cordoba. Well, no, not really. I take it back, because I started buying cars and flipping them when I was like 12 and 14. What? Yeah. Matchbox cars. No, I, I had a 72 Camaro I paid $200 for. <laughs> I had a 56 Dodge. I had... 35 Beatles down the driveway because I built a dune buggy my freshman year of high school, a rail buggy. My shop teacher was very kind to me and said, my brother financed it. We ended up fist fighting over it. It's a whole other story. But that's that. But anyway, we're going to learn about stick shift today and why I should want to stick again. You don't like them. I don't like them. My body doesn't like them. Mentally, uh, I think they're cool. Okay. okay. My left leg, I get knee lock. I, I kid you not. I, I There's been times I was at a light when Ford sent me that Mustang to drive. I had to punch like the under, underside of my knee to get done lock. What is that? No, it was it was the stick shifts. It was the clutches. Yeah, the clutch pressed in, and I kind of and not. You're just too big for the car. Well, no, I think this, the lights nowadays are so long because you have so many people. And even where we live in in the Midwest, we still have people that can't drive, and there's too many people. And at the light, everybody's on their phone, and when finally someone blows their horn to go, and two cars get through. That's the other problem. And then we also have the one and only one of my favorite one of guests. Our Man, you know, I'm going to say it. I love this guy, Joe Petrelia. He, he gets me excited. Him and our buddies on Facebook. He's clearing Arizona. I'm clearing Ohio. This guy, him and I, we don't, we can't take turns talking. 
<laughs> we both like to it's talk. So true. I mean, we're just talkers. We're both paisans. You know, hey, what, hey, what, hey, what, hey. But it's because you, know. you both love cars. So oh, it's much. it's disgusting how much we love cars. I mean, love cars. I mean, I, I you know, I was doing, I did the math the other day. You know, I tag fourteen cars a year, and I got personalized tags on eleven of them. I'm that guy. Sickness. My Harley. He's got a sickness. My both my car trailers. My big enclosed car trailer says five seven hauler. H A U L R and my little golf cart polished aluminum trailer, it says bad H L H A L R bad hauler because my golf cart's bad E Z, my fifty seven's bad five seven. I mean I'm eight up. I am really eight up. You know I'm glad you mentioned personalized plates because I was driving in here today and I thought of you. What did it say? No Trump. Did it really? Like yep. Did I it? Saw, I saw a personalized plate that said "No Trump." I thought, man, Boots would be going crazy. Oh, right that, now. what was it? Was it a Prius or a Volt? No, I think it was. Uh, I think it was a Toyota. It was either a Camry or a. Oh, it was a hybrid. It was. I don't like. Okay, you brought up politics. Dang on it. I don't like Hillary or Trump. See, I did this on purpose because there's only thirty seconds. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm voting for Trump. I'm sorry, don't get mad at me, people, but just because I'm tired of politicians. If he's a Democrat, I vote for him because I don't want politicians in there anymore. I want someone to protect the automobile. I want the big three to build their cars here again. How's that? I don't think one car should be built in Canada, Mexico, overseas. It should be right here. Boots for employment. President. Yeah, Boots 2020. 2020 Booty. Street Rod Custom Radio. Like we said, Mr. Clutch, Will Beatty, and then Joe Petralia. And we have a great show today. We'll be right back after this. You're tuned in to Street Rod Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots, Longinette, and Ryan Baker in the Carp House. Are you looking for a tool that can quickly change from sanding to cutting to scraping? Well, the Craftsman C3 19.2-volt multi-tool offers multiple uses with just one tool. The quick blade release feature allows you to easily exchange accessories with a simple lever rotation. Variable speed settings and two built-in LED work lights will help you finish a variety of projects on your to-do list. Pick up your Craftsman C3 multi-tool today. Craftsman, made to make. Available at Craftsman.com, Sears.com, Sears Hometown, and Sears Hardware Stores. Welcome back to Street Rod and Custom Radio. I'm on the phone with Will Beatty, and he, a.k.a. I'm just going to call you Mr. Clutch because that's what your little uh, description. I kind of, That's cool. That's cool because there's probably not many of you guys left in the world, right? There's not, no. You know, Ford just sent me a new Mustang to test drive, and, and I'm very fortunate. They, they kind of say, hey, I want you to evaluate this. They send me cars to drive, and I'm driving this new 5-liter Mustang. Guess what? It's a stick. Within two hours, my left leg was sore because I'm used to just being a fat, lazy man let my leg lay there. You, know, you, get your little, you get your little perch pad on the left on the, on the firewall. But but I'm thinking, I can't drive a stick anymore. And, and when I was a kid, my first new Ford Ranger was a stick shift. And I didn't mind it back then. But after years of sports, my, my, my legs can't handle it. And the number two, growing up in the 80s and 90s, when I first became a drag racer, nobody ran sticks anymore because you could build an automatic back then with a big stall speed converter, and it never came apart. We were always that stereotypical, oh, a stick shift to blow your right foot off when it comes apart. I mean, so re-educate me on why I should love stick shifts since you are Mr. Clutch. <laughs> well, back in the day, probably what you're used to, and uh, you and I are probably about the same age. So I'm 48. Uh, yeah, me too. You know, the three-finger was the clutch that everybody talked about. You know, everyone talks about, you know, walking around with one big left leg and, a, you know, a chicken leg on the 
or right leg. Uh-huh. Uh, and the old three finger that was that was common. Right. To have a very stiff clutch and real hard to control. But the reason was is that you have three levers controlling that clutch. Today's clutches are diaphragm assisted, so it's eighteen levers basically operating that clutch. So all that pressure and that clamp loads divided up between those 18 levers, and that's why we can reduce the paddle effort. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things we do internally to reduce that overall friction to soften the pedal as well, and that's one of the ball-bearing technologies. And when you hear, you know, center force, the clutch with balls, well, that's that's us. (laughs) Right. Well, I know, because I remember, you know, the old debate used to be, hey, if you're going to build a 5-liter Mustang, you want a stick shift because it'll leave harder, it's easier to control the RPMs, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. I, I, they you, were notorious for having a very stiff pedal. Oh, I had them as demos, but but I but I, at that time I was twenty five years old, and didn't really care because I wanted to dump the clutch at four thousand RPMs and get her kicked sideways because that's what you did. <laughs> <laughs> no power brake needed when you have a clutch. But I mean, no. so what has technology done? Occasionally, when you're at the track, it, it, I get a, get a kick out of this. I go to the local tr- drag strip, and, and and every once in a while, you see a, see a guy just grabbing gears on a track, and you hear someone in the crowd go, "Man, that guy's running a stick!" And everybody's like, "Wow!" It's like, well, back in probably 1965, that's what everybody ran. Yeah, well, today's manuals are a lot different than the old, you know, top loaders and super T10s because they just shift so nicely. It's a rail shifter, and you know, they do tricks to the trannies now. They face they face the trannies, or they're they're going through, and uh, some of the old school tricks were you know falling off the synchros every other tooth, you know. So you could kind of make it a clutchless shifting transmission where you right. didn't really you can use the clutch, you can kind of just use your left foot to kick the clutch, but it, it basically it would go in every gear you wanted to. So um, that's what they're doing. A lot of guys are still doing nowadays, but uh, the, the new trannies just really shift so nicely. So what do you what do you race personally? What is your pride and joy? I play around with our company okay. uh, car the most, and it's a 2010 Camaro with a, a Lingenfelter 865 horse engine. So, wow! Okay, uh, that's what I have fun with nowadays, and uh, right. you know we got a few projects we're playing with. So I you, don't know if you've been prepped on those, well, you've been working with Lingenfelter. I'm taking because all the horsepower he's putting up front, someone better keep the transmission together. And that's we you work guys. With, uh, on training wise, bowler transmissions uh, and their Tremec transmissions. You know, right. But they're both affiliated, but those are the two guys that we, we do the most work with. The funny thing he said, Tremec, I remember Super Chevy back in the early 2000s. They would always raffle off a six speed Tremec. And, and I remember the thing was if you, have, if you didn't have a Muncie Rock Crusher or you had the money to afford a new Tremec, then don't run a stick. Do you remember those days? Yeah, because because the old T five was you know it was that was kind of in everything. And, right. Uh, second gear, third gear, and those uh, you start banging gears and uh, they they tend to come apart. So, okay. Uh, they just weren't strong enough. Right. Or abuse. They would hold the power, but you start abusing it and they'd start breaking train train parts. So uh, when we go on why? break, yeah. When we when we go on break, where can people go to get on the website? So when we come back, I want them to look at what you got. What's your website? It is www. Centerforce.com. Centerforce.com. So when we get back, I want to get more technical. And please just think about how do we, how do people at home, if they have a stick shift and have 800 horsepower, how do they call you? What do they do? And how do they make sure their transmission stays together? So we'll be right back after this with more with Will Beatty, of, a.k.a. Mr. Clutch. This is Street Rod Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots Longinette. So 
on the track, even one hundredth of a second decides who wins and who loses. That's why Bridgestone uses advanced racing technology to create their fastest street legal replacement tire yet. The new Bridgestone Potenza RE71R. Engineered with an innovative hydro evacuation surface and unique tread compounds, the new Potenza RE71R is designed to give you maximum grip and ultimate cornering on or off the track. Bridgestone is changing the game in tire performance. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Welcome back to Street Ride Custom Radio. I hope you went to his website. I'm still with Mr. Clutch himself, Will Beatty. And, Will, what makes the transmissions, the, the five, six speeds, so strong nowadays? What have they done differently? Well, what Tremec has done is basically their Magnum six-speed is probably the strongest out-of-the-box transmission okay. that I know of. And they have now have, in, in their gear cluster itself, it's got three supports on the the main shaft itself, and then they're also running, you know, a carbon-based uh, synchro, which is a little lighter synchro, so they can shift at higher RPMs. But, but there's so much more bearing support in there now that uh, that the older trannies just didn't have. Okay. And uh, you know, they're running a basically an automatic transmission fluid in, in their trannies nowadays too, versus right. the old Grease. thick, heavy, ninety-weight oil. Right. So, what projects you got working right now? Uh, current project that we're working on is a 1960 Ford bread van uh, that we've named the CF Express, and right. our builder is uh, Hot Rod Restos up in Canada. Okay, and it <laughs> and it it is uh, featuring a uh, a twin turbo Cummins diesel in that thing. Uh, BD Diesel built that engine for us, and that thing dynoed over 1,400 foot pounds of torque. A bread truck, you said? Yeah. Okay. Right. Why? Why? And uh, <laughs> we wanted a a tow rig, and that's how it kind of started off, and it just kind of blew up from there. All right. What? Yeah. O- okay. So what else you got going? Give me a car. Like uh, what's? Uh, the- I am working with uh, UFC former champ and heavyweight champion mm-hmm. uh, Josh Barnett on right. the '68 GT Fastback uh, that nice. we're putting together. How many horsepower? That one's probably going to be about 600 horsepower. Only? Yeah. <laughs> See, you're the type of guy that confuses the listeners at home. They're like, well, that's only 600 horsepower. Meanwhile, their little car has 300. <laughs> they get a 600 horsepower, and they meet Mr. Tree and lose. Yeah, so uh, it's, uh, that will be a fun project, and uh, that thing's going to be at, probably in our booth next year at SEMA. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, we've worked with uh, Kane Velasquez uh, on his recent project, uh, which is a Torino, and it's got a five- 14 big block in at Ford. Uh, we just did a special clutch for him. And right. uh, a lot of the other guys may know of uh, former wrestler uh, Bill Goldberg. Oh, yeah. We do a lot with him. And then I'm actually going out to his place here in a couple of weeks to do a clutch install on this Cobra. Now, are those guys easy to deal with? I mean, because if you mess up, I don't think I would want to fight them. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they're actually the, <laughs> the nicest guys you could ever yeah. think of. And, and they're just gearheads. You know, just, I mean, yeah, you, you don't want to. Piss them off—that's for sure. But <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't want you don't want them to come off the top rope and you know <laughs> yeah. hitting you with your tremic. Bill's, Bill's a big boy. <laughs> oh uh, man! So why so, Trino? Why did why did they pick that out? I mean, I like them, but it's, I'm, I like the odd '70s stuff too. Like I like a '76 Cordoba of all things. And people make fun of me about that. But why are these big body cars so hot with some of these guys and girls? You know, I think it's just the old school muscle, the old school look, but with modern technology. Mm-hmm. All these guys—that's what they're running. Right. And, uh, you know, that reliability and the fun, and it's, 
the fun of driving that car with what you'd think would be just an old, you know, 60s, 70s muscle car, but it's really got the latest and greatest of technology, and with suspension, engine, I mean, the whole thing is just turn and go, and still get 20 to 25 miles per gallon. Oh, yeah. So, so let me ask you this, back to technical question. Why is six-speed utopia? I mean, will you think we'll ever have, like, a nine and ten, like the automatics? Do you think a stick shift will ever get to that many levels, or is there already something out and I just need to learn about it? Well, Corvette's seven-speed, so... That's a, yeah. But, I mean... Um, yeah, it's coming. I mean, yeah. you look at the the new cars, you know, the automatics are eight, you know, nine, ten-speeds. Right. So, yeah, it's coming. I mean, with that many gears and that many... Does that make it weaker? Is that where the technology's stopping? they got to figure out how they're going to beef up the case or beef up everything to make that many speeds? They'll just make it a bigger tranny. And, and, okay. and you know, at that time, they can actually run a, a larger, uh, stronger gear. Uh, with the Pro Touring guys, they're actually looking to run a really tall first gear, you know, because when they're autocrossing, they're not shifting. When they right. take off, you know, they're running the whole track, and they're looking to buzz these things, you know, 8,000 RPM and not have to shift just to, you know, shave a few hundred thousands on a second. To mm-hmm. Do you think the autocross will ever die out, or is that here to stay? Because Pro Street went away. Do you think our lifetime will just have to... I mean, I'm not for or against, but I'm getting kind of burnt out on it. No, it's, you know, and, you know, we support the guys over at Optima and, uh, you know, that, that challenge uh-huh. and good guys, and they're actually spreading it out to different types of driving where it's just not running around cones. There are, you know, right. three different events. And so you do get to see some of the bigger stuff. You know, our our next event is actually in September in California mm-hmm. for the Hotchkiss. And that's a big track that they run, but it's an autocross. Right. But it's a second-gear track. You, you're definitely going to get second gear. So these guys are, you know, turning, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour in some of the straighter. Oh, yeah. So it's it's kind of neat. It's amazing. So so one more car. Well, give me one more before we go to break. Give me one of your babies you're working on. One of mine? Yeah. You're, you're personal. I always like listening. I like talking to the guy himself. I've got a, a 30 Model A that I play with. Nice. And what are you putting in it? Model a. That's got a, an old school small block Chevy. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that thing's a lot of fun. I've got the old M&Hs on it with the old Kelsey Hague. Nice. A's uh, wire wheels. And uh, yeah, that thing actually pulls front tires out. There, there you go. All right. Well, <laughs> Miss, Will Beatty, Mr. Clutch, how do people, what number do they call and what website do they hit again? Phone number uh, is 928-771-8422. We are in Arizona. Okay. And the website is www.centerforce.com. Centerforce.com. Check him out. Um, Plenty of parts to purchase. He's your guy. If you're going to build a stick shift, there's nothing wrong with that. I got a whole new outlook on stick shifts today just because of you. I appreciate (laughs) your time, Will. You got it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. You're tuned in to Street Ride Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots Longinette. We'll be right back after this. The Dodge brothers weren't big on self-restraint, and thank goodness for that. Because when you're always pushing the limits, you engineer cars like the available 370-horsepower Dodge Charger with a Torque Flight 8-speed automatic transmission. It's why Dodge is the only brand that grows as fast as it drives. One drive and you'll discover why Dodge is America's fastest-growing performance brand. Data is calculated using the latest available year-over-year retail vehicle registrations. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to Street Rod Custom Radio. I'm your host, Dan Boots London. I got the one and only Joe Petrelli on the phone. And Joe, where are you headed right now? Well, 
Dan right now. I'm on the road driving to uh, Reno, Nevada for uh, Hot August Nights. Wow. And that, I, I, you know, Alan Taylor has always invited me. And he gave up on it. I just can't get away from my part of the country to get out there. But one of these years, I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to force myself to get out there because I hear that show is unbelievable. you got to get out there. It's an amazing event. Five, 6,000 classic cars. The whole town opens the doors for every, you know, custom car, hot rod, muscle car, any type of, any type of classic car is out there. You know, there's shows, there are events. Every hotel has got everything laid out. There's vendors. There's there's drag racing on the street. They section off a, a part of town and they have these little you know uh, eighth mile quick drag races right on the streets where they got it all closed off. They got the cruise every night in uh, downtown Reno. Uh, it's just an amazing event. You know, I'm I'm going. I got three cars on my trailer. I'm heading up right now. So okay, you got cars, but do you buy cars while you're there? Yeah, I do. There's a lot of stuff up there for sale. I hit the streets. I hit the swap meet. Uh, I'm going to the auction this weekend. That's up there, and that's why I got three cars with me. Okay, they're uh, they're going into the uh, auction this weekend, and of course I'll buy more than I always sell. I always do. Right, well, you can keep it rolling. I mean, so what are you taking up there to try to sell? I got I got I got three cool pieces. I got a '54 uh, Chevrolet 210 two door sport coupe, radio heated delete car, documented two owner car. AACA uh, senior winner and an AACA Grand National winner. Okay. Unbelievable restoration. Just an over-the-top car. The other car is a 58 Mercury Monterey two-door coupe. Um, it's got the big 410 motor in it, automatic. Cool car. You know, just, just a cool cruiser. It's lowered. It's riding on 17-inch American racing wheels now, so it's got that lead sled type of a look. Right. And the last car is actually a car from a movie. It's a 66 Mustang that was used in the movie uh, Son of the Mask, which was the Jim Carrey sequel with Jamie Kennedy back okay. around 0506, and I bought that car a couple weeks ago. Where was that car at? Uh, I found that car at an auction in Pennsylvania about three weeks ago, and okay. I decided to uh, consign it to the auction up here in Reno, and it's okay. got all the movie memorabilia with it. It's all, you know, it's the way it was used in the movie documented at all it's kind of a cool car yeah that's neat i mean how does that car like that end up from hollywood over to pa you know i don't know you know it was built in california they started with a rush-free california mustang that got an amazing restoration then they shipped it to australia to film the movie after the movie was done it came back to california went back to the builder and then the builder sold it off to uh, Cinema music, uh, Movie Services. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that handle all the cars and stuff for movies and whatnot. They got their hands on it again. Mm-hmm. And then they auctioned it off. Wow. I bought it at an auction on the East Coast. What? So I don't know how it made it from California to Pennsylvania. Have you had any real Dukes of Hazard cars come through your collection? No. I've never had one of the real ones from the movie. I have had a couple of very, very good, you know, uh, tributes or recreations of them. I mean, a couple of real good exact ones, but I haven't had an actual one, unfortunately. I mean, what's a tribute car like that do? 30, 50, 100? What's that car ring if it's nice? You know, you know, if it's super correct and it's nice and very well done, it's still a fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 car. Right. I mean, they're a nice um, car even if they're not general lead up. Yeah. You know, well, you know, they bring the same money as a stock charger, you know, which is kind of cool. So what's nice about it is you can take, you know, a 318 car, you know, it's a little edgy and rough. I do a restoration on it, swap the motor out because nobody cares at that point. Put a big block in it, mm-hmm. and it's still a sixty to seventy grand car if it's done right. The one I had, 
had a 440 in it, had a five-speed Tremec in it, had a Daner in it, nice. had a gear vendor's overdrive in it. You can run this car at 140 and turn about 2,100 RPM. Wow. I mean, in that, I think our generation, that's the car. I mean, some will argue and say, well, what about Kit or Smokey and the Bandit? I don't know. Maybe because of Daisy Duke. She was a lot better looking than Sally Fields. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know what? Those, those uh, you know, Bandit Edition black and gold uh, SE Trans Ams are absolutely on fire now. Yeah. Well, I tried buying four of them in the last two weekends that I was at auctions. I couldn't, I couldn't put my hands on them. They bought, you know, they sold for way more than I wanted to, you know, pay for them because, you know, I got to sell everything I buy. I'm a, I'm a dealer, you know. Right. So I got to have a little meat on the bone to uh, make it worthwhile. And there was, there was barely bone left. It, let me ask you this. What do you think a 78 Trans Am four-speed with the Pontiac motor, T-top car, pretty well equipped, with decent shape, you know, a, a driver, what's that car going to do? 22,000, 30,000? What color is it? Gold. It's a '78, the ten-year gold. I know. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to find one. Yeah, the gold one. A, a nice one, four-speed with a with a Z code, you know, Pontiac motor. In right. It. Yeah, a, a, a nice driver is. You can't buy one under twenty. Okay. I mean, I you can't know, find them. Quarter all day long, twenty-five thousand. The problem with the Trans Ams, we all know the doors drop, but the the in the East Coast, as you know, from being this from originally from around here, they just don't last. They were they were terrible. Rust. Rust was the biggest problem on the East Coast. Right, and it just killed those cars. I mean, my brother, the reason I say this, my oldest brother, when I was 10 years old, I was born in 68, he had a 78 Trans Am, and it was a four-speed, had a real Pontiac motor. I mean, it was a nice car, and I've been, and he'd, he'd passed away, and this is how corny us car guys are. I want a Trans Am, and I want to get his, get the exact car I remember going 100 mile an hour in the first time. Sure. I mean, I'm going to get one. I, I just haven't found one I like. I found a few, but most of them have to typically open the door, drops two inches. The guy restored it and didn't do the hinges. I'm thinking, well, if you're that cheap, what else did you miss on the car? Yeah, the hinge pushing kit is $12 for I know. parts. I know. It doesn't make sense to me why these guys don't do that. And I'm thinking, well, how much? And then you start, you know, you start crawling around the car a little bit. You find out it's just a cobbled up mess. And right. I walk away from it. Exactly. It's trashed on. It has a hundred. The eighty thousand mile odometer is actually two hundred eighty thousand miles. I don't know. I, I and I and I may get with you in the next. If you come across one, please call me because, I mean, I don't want cloth. I know I'm, I'm like a daggone customer right now. I know the car business as well as anybody else. But I I just want one with a leather t top and a four speed. That's what I'm looking for. If I have to paint it, I will. So if you come across one, just yeah, I'll keep my eyes open. Absolutely. All right. When we get back, I want to hear about more of the crazy cars you've come around in the last few months because we haven't talked to you for about three or four months. So let's take a break. You're tuned in to Street Rod and Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots Longinette, and Ryan Baker in a fishbowl. Haynes, the worldwide leader in vehicle repair information for over 50 years, is now available in electronic format with Haynes Manuals Online. You get all the trusted content of the Haynes printed manuals, but with added features including over 750 color photographs, color wiring diagrams, and videos to help you do the job right. They're formatted for all electronic devices, and over 180 car, truck, and motorcycle titles are now available. The new Haynes Manuals Online are now available at Haynes.com. Uh, 
Welcome back to Street Rod and Custom Radio. And on break, if you could hear us talk. So I had to have Joe take a break. So, Joe, we're talking about some of the new conversions they have out, which, you know, I don't know if I like that trans. I looked at one of them, and the amount of money they want to convert one of those new Camaros into a Trans Am, I, I don't see it. Do you? No, it, it's, a, it's a big dollar conversion. And I've seen a few of them done. And proportionally, the way those cars are designed, even just as they are, they just... They don't lend themselves to be converted where they where they look right. They just look out of proportion and kind of cobbled together. And I'm just not a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they did the same thing. A couple guys, you know, they do the conversions on the Challengers to make them look like Cudas. They work better because that car looks, you know, the, you buy a new Challenger, it looks like an old Challenger. Right, right you're right. Dodge nailed it. No questions asked. They nailed it. So you can convert one of those, put a Cuda nose, Cuda tail on it, and they've done them, and they look great. But the Camaro and the overall new style Camaro styling, and you know me, I'm a GM and Mopar guy. I just haven't really enjoyed the new look of the Camaro. Even the latest, you know, the 16, the Camaro 6, as they call it. Mm -hmm. I'm just not a big fan of the look of that car. I think it looks squished. Yeah, I just don't. I I just don't like the styling. You know, Ford killed it in 05 when they did their conversion on their Mustang. And Mm -hmm. Maverick, I had an 07 GT, and I absolutely love that car. You know, and then, of course, Chrysler nailed it with, uh, with, the, with the Dodge Challenger. And, hell, go back to 1998 when the Volkswagen Beetle came back out. Right. I mean, you know, they, they killed it. And then the PT Cruiser, they made a retro, old-school, kind of, uh, you know, like you know, 30s hot rod style car, yeah. which is great. But GM just thinks that, you know, I don't know if it's their styling department. They just think they have a better idea, but they really don't. No, and, you know, it's like the new Honda uh, Ridgelines. Have you seen that train wreck yet? You mean the one that looked like the Avalanche? Yeah. Or they change it again? I, I, no, it kind of looks like a CRV to me. I don't get it. Oh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the latest one yet. I remember the old Ridgeline used to look just like a, a, a miniature Avalanche. No, no, the new Ridgelines. I mean, they're cool cars, are reliable, typical Honda quality, but I, I am not a big fan of them. I'm trying to like them, and oh, maybe they'll grow on me. But, but one other thing I want to ask you. Do you think GM, it's funny, we sound like we're reading the same book here. I don't know why GM hasn't bought like the, they have the Impala, and we know the Impala came pretty much from the Bel Air. But why don't they bring back the '55 or '57 Chevy look on a new Impala chassis? I they would could easily do it. You know that new SS that they have, or they don't really call it an Impala SS. It's just the SS, right? You know that's on that rear wheel drive holding platform, mm-hmm. which is an amazing. I mean, I mean, it's the same thing as CTSV Cadillac set up on it. I mean, it's just an amazing rear wheel drive platform. Right? But yeah, bring back a retro Tri Five style Chevrolet. Be, well, I mean, Ford, Ford has been tinkering with uh, with a retro style Lincoln Continental. That'd be cool. Yeah, you okay. know, they, they've, they've uh, I've seen a couple, uh, you know, renderings and stuff of uh, you know a sixty one, sixty two Lincoln convertible on that style, you know. And I think Chevrolet or GM should do the same thing. I'm th- I wonder sometimes that the accountant at the, the accountants at the big three go, no, no, it costs too much money to build, and our profit margin won't be there. There's a difference between bean counters and car guys. And the yes. problem with GM is they have too many bean counters. They don't have any car guys anymore. You nailed it because they must be. Because the HHR comes back. It's an afterthought after the PT Cruiser. Already ran its course. They're already showing up. Yeah, and it was done and gone, and it was yesterday's meatloaf. Exactly. Here comes the HHR. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it didn't even yeah. look good. It looked like a, I don't know, it looked like a ice cream truck on it. it, it I don't know. Miniature ice cream truck. I I, I don't understand. And, it, and I've got, a, you know, I got... A lot of the GM people and stuff, but they get on my case. They're like, dude, you hate. No, I don't. I just, why don't they do something cool? Their trucks aren't even that cool. 
I don't understand. You look at a Dodge pickup. As much as I'm not a Dodge guy, the new Dodges, I can't stand them because they're. That's re- what I got. That's what I'm driving right now. I but love my Dodge. It's my third pr- one. Prettiest truck ever built. But but I do a lot of uh, lemon law cases, and I'm a paid witness in a lot of cases in Ohio. And if it wasn't for no offense to your truck, but I get a lot of those cases that that, that I sit there and I often ask the guy from the Mopar or one of those guys. I'm like, why don't you guys just make this right? Why are we even at this level? You know what I mean? And, 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 and like the Chevy Cobalt and some of the things that the manufacturers have done. And Chrysler's knocking knocking the leather off the ball, man. You you go to one of their lots, everything on their lots cool. But they oh, have, without a doubt. I mean, everything from the little, from the new Dodge Dart on up. You yeah. Know? I mean, they, they, you know, they did a good job with with their product line. You know, yeah. They've uh, they've seen what the what the public wants. You know, they they targeted a younger a younger younger slash sportier type audience. You know, hell, I mean, buy an SRT, you know, Chrysler three hundred. You know, go buy an SRT Charger, SRT Challenger, go buy a Hellcat. Right. You know? I mean. You can walk in the door and buy a seven hundred seven horsepower car. Have you bought a Hellcat? A check and drive it out the door. Have you bought a Hellcat yet? I had one pass through my hands uh, for a little while, and uh, it was an amazing car. Uh-huh. I got it out of my system, and I'm on to the next thing. There you go, because they're all for sale, right? They're all for sale. Do you keep? Is there one? I mean, I think I don't know if I ever asked you what car have you kept the longest personally? Uh, I had, personally, I got a couple of Volkswagens I've had for a number of years. You know, I like vintage. Right, and Volkswagen '67 and older is is what I got, and I've I've had a couple of those for for a few years. So, but the longest car I've ever ever owned, the longest car in my lifetime, I bought an '87 Grand National, brand new, in '87, and I sold it in '97. Had the car for ten years, sold it with sixteen thousand miles on it, and that was the longest car I've ever ever owned. Because I apps and in between that, I owned about ten other turbo Buicks. I just absolutely love you know V6 turbo Buicks. That '87 generation, which was amazing yeah. cars. The T types were awesome too. I had, T, I had T types, I had Grand Nationals, I had GNXs, I had them all, and I, I went through a ten-year span with a bunch of friends of mine. We all had turbo Buicks, and you know we all drag raced the hell out of them. We mm-hmm. all had a good time with them, you know. And I was the first one to buy one, and I was the last one to get rid of mine. Well, when I got rid of mine, all my buddies were already out of it for four, five, six years at that point. Right? Did you ever, you know where yours landed? Uh, mine changed hands once on Long Island. Uh huh. And then lost touch of it. About five years, four or five years later, I find out a buddy of a buddy of mine ended up buying my car from the guy that I sold it to who sold it to him. So oh, it seems like a fifth owner at that point. All right. Well, be and, uh, it was kind of weird. You know, the way stuff goes in circles, all of yeah. shows back up. Well, buy her back someday. Joe, it's always a pleasure. Website info. How do people get a hold of you? RPMotorcars.com, RPMotorcars.com, or RarePerformanceMotorcars.com. Phoenix, and we're located in Phoenix, Arizona. Dan, it's great talking to you. Always, brother. Go across the Hoover Dam right. on Highway 93. Have a safe trip. On August 9th. I wish you were here. I do. I'll buy you a beer. Maybe next year, brother. Joe Petrelli, the one and only. We'll be right back after this. You're tuned in to Street Rod and Custom Radio. The Covercraft products you know and trust are now available directly to you at Covercraft.com. You'll find custom car covers manufactured with high-performance fabrics, Carhartt seat covers in new Realtree camo patterns, dash mat dashboard covers, Colgan custom bras, specialty protection products from K9 covers, and a whole bunch more. Be sure to use the code DRIVE at checkout to receive free shipping in the continental U.S. Get protection for whatever you drive at Covercraft.com.
Welcome back to Street Ride Custom Radio. That was a good show, Bakey. I love hearing you and Joe go back and forth. He's awesome. <laughs> it's so fun. It's funny because three years ago, Alan Taylor, the head of all this, he says, Boots, I'm telling you, you and him need to hang out. I was like, why do you go, oh my gosh, you'll see. And I don't want to say he said we're annoying, but he implied that you two just won't shut up. <laughs> he was real nice about it. You know, was, you know, buddy's drinking beer, telling jokes. I mean, it was one of them. I mean, he likes us both. Like, look, as soon as we got off the phone with Joe, he's going to call Alan. Yeah, said he's going to bust his chops. Yeah, but Alan's an all-around guy. Alan loves cars, but he also loves talking money. He does like how many shows? Eighteen shows plus TV Busy shows. Busy out there. I mean, he's on Regis and whoever the other guy is now. No, it was uh, before, and he's even a newer guy now. But it was who's the girl, uh, the blonde, Michael and Kelly. Kelly and yeah. Michael Strahan. He was on there doing Subaru and other great companies to help us get these things afloat. But. I met Joe a few years ago in Vegas, and instantly we bonded. And I didn't, I didn't really know him from his TV show, but he was Joe the Hat on one of the shows. He was in one of those, like, the Foose and all that. He was one of the originators. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, you know, you look at some of the guys. Is West Coast Choppers even around? I'm not even sure. I'd have to look See, I didn't. Did you like that show? I never really watched it that oh, much. They were always arguing. And, yeah, a lot of arguing. I mean, how many more times do, do producers sit around and go, here's the story. We'll be time crunched. We'll go over budget, but we'll get it done just in the nick of time. How many times have we got to read this? How many times does Fonzie jump the shark? Well, you know, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of those shows have different endings even. They're not, they make it time crunch, but it's really not. They See, when multiple I, endings. When I went and saw the Titanic, I was hoping it didn't sink. I thought, what's the movie? Maybe they'll make it. Just change it all. <laughs> think, about, <laughs> think about all the people who went and saw that, and they hit the iceberg, and they had like a patch kit. Like a like a pro street car, he has put a big piece of. Do you remember those books when you were growing up? That you well, you probably didn't read books, especially on. Mark's thank you. Ferry, no but, hot rod uh, and super Chevy. I did. Thank you. But no, go but ahead. they had those books where you could like take it a different path. Like it said, you can go to page thirty-seven. What school do you go to? Eighty-eight, the... and then it went all around, and you could have different endings. That's what yeah. you're doing to the movies. No, think about the Titanic. Ending. Think about anything. Think about um, Dale Junior. Dale Senior. Where would he be today if you rewrote the script? You know, I like those movies that go back in time, like um, Blast from the Past. You ever see that? No. It's a good movie. He goes down a, to a bomb shelter, and he's down there. And when he comes up, it went from a nice little 50s neighborhood to the mess that we're in now. Mm-hmm. And he comes up, and it's it's like, oh, my gosh, how bad the world's got with drugs, hookers, you name it, all the garbage we deal with. That'd be crazy. Could you imagine You didn't that? see Blast from the Past. No. Could you imagine that, though? You had time to adapt from when you were young to where you, the world is oh. now. Can you imagine just jumping from when you were five to forty-five? It'd be insane how the world is. Oh, you know, I, you know, if I if I went back in time, I I I, I always want to write a book about this, just a, a fantasy type book, or make a movie where I go back in time. And but I always think about how would I write the movie because the money. Because the serial numbers would look the same, and how would you have enough money? Period. Period. Like on uh, Back to the Future, mm-hmm. you know. But remember, he had a, a money belt where he said, "Oh, you're going back 1940. Here's 1940 money." But but I think about that. If I go back in time, I would buy ever. I buy Hemi Cuda convertible. I was going to say you take all the cars. I would, but I don't know how I would store them. I'd have to find some old, I don't know, hoarder and say, "Listen, I'm going to weld these into this motorhome. I put them on jack stands." I mean, we're talking less than 100 miles on all of them, and then go fast forward to now and get a cutting torch, cut them up, cut out the door, pull the cars out, have like a 57 convertible, fuel injected, have all the documentation. I mean, have it all. That would be just like awesome. That'd be like, you know, some people that like beautiful women like Hugh Hefner. That would be my Hugh Hefner life. 
I, I mean, it's in full look, cars. We've got we've got your movie idea. We've got a great movie here. You can like do a reenactment of Noah's Ark, but you take the cars. There you go, of two of each, like one stick, one automatic. <laughs> you take the cars. There you go. The That's it. Let's think about this. So the I would, boats is Ark. I would start in '55 Chevy, so I'd get a '55 Nomad since that's the first year. I think I'm pretty sure I didn't make a Nomad for '55, and then a '55, uh, I don't know, convertible. Then '56, I'd get a convertible and another Nomad. I probably do. Money for money for investment. That have to sneak some extra fifty seven. So if those were the elephants, I'd have like eight extra elephants. <laughs> I like and, this. I think we're on to something. Yeah, and here. then and then I would jump up to a fifty nine El Camino, and then I would jump up to a sixty three Corvette with the higher horsepower three twenty seven, and then I'd jump up to a sixty five SS three. I'm saying SS a sixty five Corvette with the first big block. Oh wow, three ninety six. That's why I start to say SS. Man, and, this is, and, you're going to have to yeah. go through this. And then I would jump up to a 70 LS6 Chevelle, a 70 Cuda convertible. 70 was a banner year for the big three because that's back before the government really starts sticking their nose and ruining everything. But I would get maybe 20 of these, put them aside. Oh, it'd be so cool. But then I couldn't sell them. I'd go get them from the old guy. Or his kid would come home and steal them. Who knows? We may have just hit our cash. There you here. go. <laughs> More dumb movie ideas with boots next week. All right. Great show today. We'll see you all next week. Same time, same channel, and all that fun stuff. You've been tuned in to Street Rod and Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots, Longinette, and Ryan Baker in the Goldfish Bowl. Where does the love for a car come from? If the car is a Subaru Legacy, the answer would be the symmetrical all-wheel drive. Power goes to all four wheels all the time for optimum grip. The Subaru Boxer engine's lower center of gravity makes the Subaru Legacy more responsive around corners and gets better fuel economy than front-wheel drive competitors. What you have then is a mid-sized sedan with grip, handling, and enviable fuel economy. It's no wonder it turns people into people who love cars. Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru.